This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. You there, the the female half-orc that was in front of you here. Where is she? The search for the missing half-orc begins. But when the dust settles after all this nonsense, you see a few things. But with a deadly encounter fresh on their minds. And really, what could you have done? Um, Anything to protect them? Sure. But at the end of the day, (laughs) they're now dead. Paranoia infects the party. Troy Valley. <laughs> Here we go. The man, the man who brought us a Wigga. Mm-hmm. The man who brought us Malira. Yeah. The man who has double-crossed us and played with our expectations every step of the way has officially gotten inside my dome, folks. <laughs> I'll take that. And when they're faced with a difficult decision, do you risk it and try and stay there, or do you push further down? the mountain and like out of the the area a new companion may present an interesting solution my friend not only did you fight well but you may well have saved the lives of your fellow freed people tell us what is your name the adventure continues now Hey everybody, and welcome to uh, episode 158 of the Glass Cannon Podcast. I'm Skidmar. I just got back from PaizoCon, as we all did. I am sick, as I always get whenever I go to one of these conventions. Uh, but I'm still feeling great, because we had one of the best weekends of our lives. We had so much fun. The guys at Paizo were amazing. Uh, just had so much fun with those guys. They were so nice to us. All our panels, our live show, a lot of that stuff will be available on our uh, Cannon Fodder feed and our Patreon feed, respectively, for all this different material. We we got some great stuff. I, I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. And all the old friends that we've met before and the new friends that we met, it was just so much fun hanging out with you. Uh, those of you who were there know how much fun it was. Uh, I, I personally got an average of three and a half hours of sleep and my blood content was about entirely adrenaline and craft beer by the last day, but, uh, we just had the time of our lives and, uh, next year, hope to see you. Those of you who didn't make it this year, we hope to get to see you in future. If not at PaizoCon, then another one of our live events at which we have so much fun, but, uh, you know what? That's, I'm going to die. So let's jump right into this latest episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast, Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Monk. A few episodes ago, I can't remember the exact episode, but it wasn't too long ago, uh, Baron went to do a little recon, looked in on the slave pens, and saw quite a scene. Saw a small humanoid figure with its food for the day get the food knocked out of its hands spilled to the ground, and that small creature went and seemed to meditate on this. Shortly thereafter, that same creature that bumped the small creature, that same humanoid... he stole her food. Stole her food. Yeah. Went to steal the food of a child after having that food knocked out of its hand. The smaller creature then comes back, beats the shit out of the bully... And returns the food to the child. Baron comes back to camp and, correct me if I'm wrong, says something to the effect of, (laughs) 
there's an enemy in the slave <laughs> It's a very powerful enemy Helping children That is the, the most failed sense motive check of all time Grant, defend yourself Because we were Explain laughing yourself. at you before we went on air How everybody but you Was, was positive This was a, a hostile creature Troy Valley. Here we go The man whom we are still not sure who hurt Someone hurt you in your past. We don't know who. Everyone's asking around town. The man who brought us a Wigga. Mm-hmm. The man who brought us Malira. Yep. The man who has double-crossed us and played with our expectations every step of the way has officially gotten inside my dome, folks. <laughs> I'll take that. That's a good answer. I've been... I, well, I think it, it works for Baron in general, but... Um, you know, who is to know what type of uh, things have happened to these people and who you, can you trust in a giant camp? That's true. So this Baron's is... the idiot. Yeah. Well, I was saying before, I was saying before that Grant and the rest of us, to a certain extent, have PTSD. Yeah. Post-Troy stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So that excuses pretty much everything. That's fair. That's fair. Well, <laughs> looking on the bright side, you guys... Took you two episodes, but you kicked some serious ass against alive. this threat. Yeah. I was really, you know, as usual, pretty cocky. I was really feeling good going into this. And, I mean, it did take you two episodes, but, man, you guys just dole out damage, and you were tactically sound as well. You we made, rolled well. You rolled well. We had good strategy. That's the thing. You can't control the rolls. But obviously, that helps. I, I wasn't that I was Yeah, I don't think we had shit. a natural one. You yeah. Know. But, I mean, tactically sound. The things that Feyraza does to just block those guys so they can't charge, so they can't get out of difficult terrain. Slowing those enemies down changes everything because it allows you to stay back and just pick them off. Now, when they hit... You know the kind of damage they do, but if it takes them five rounds to get up in your business to hit hit you, it, it doesn't matter. So, I, I've been thinking yeah. a lot about your use of obscuring mist, and I bet that's gotten a lot of discussion. Um, I think you wanted to keep your guys alive for another round, but it also hampered them from doing some of the things they could have do. It was a pickle. The uh, you know, it, it all came down to Feyraz's battlefield control because the obscuring mist would have bought me around, and then I could have charged out of it. But not being able to get out of that difficult terrain, uh, it then I just I screwed myself, and I'm not going to take another standard action <laughs> just to dispel the mist and then get pop 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 by a gun and 19 arrows. <laughs> um, Stop screwing yourself. Fire arrows. Fire arrows. <laughs> no less. To boot. Um, but when the dust settles after all this nonsense, you see a few things. You see that you have lost a, uh, a dozen or so of your own slaves from these evil creatures that <laughs> they, just rain <laughs> down. Your choice of Sem- language here. Semantics aside, can we stop referring them to them as our slaves? They were your personal <laughs> slaves. <laughs> as far as they're concerned, they just had new masters. We, we literally... Lord let, is let furious them. because four of his died. <laughs> four of his personal <laughs> retinue. We're like, we're like Roman centurions coming home from Gaul. <laughs> we absolutely did see these slaves and immediately make them go on a forced march down That's the side of a true. mountain. So That's yeah, they would have died anyways just from the uh, forced march. Hail you know. Caesar! Is it, a, right. is it a march if you literally run down the side of a mountain? I mean, you should have brought sleds. That would have been fun. A baker's dozen of former slaves dead, and really, what could you have done? Um, anything to protect them? Sure. But at the end of the day, <laughs> they're now dead. And uh, so who, who knew the GM was going to wrath of God the slaves? Just pop, 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 pop from the cold riders. Um, 
<laughs> but more importantly, <laughs> as the mist clears and you've killed this hag and the riders and the mammoths, you see the rest of these slaves, or now former slaves, chained to this wagon. And where Lork glimpsed a view of what may very well have been his daughter, his estranged daughter, that shackle is now empty. Also with you is a very capable warrior who emerged from the former slave nest, probably just at the right time. Uh, before <laughs> nest, did I say yeah, former slave nest? They uh, do often exhibit <laughs> nesting behavior. <laughs> Slaves is this creature who we have not even met. We don't know her name. All we know is she's played by Kate Micucci. There is a lot happening here. There are dead bodies. There are alive bodies, and there are new friends. Perhaps. Not as, far as, <laughs> Not as far as Baron is concerned. Not as far as Baron is concerned. I'm going to keep Baron away from any new people. <laughs> Just shoots her. Bang. Yeah. Bang. It's free action, rapid reload. I don't trust someone that doesn't use a weapon. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> dead. <laughs> 213's oh, got to regulate, man. <laughs> what the hell do you guys want to do? Uh, well, first, I think Baron would like to uh, help unshackle the slaves and kind of pull... Uh, Lork and Firaza next to him and he nods off the gnome for one minute and just gives calming words that we have everything under control. We're going to get y'all down the mountain to safety. My friend Lork Iron Tusk over here, my friend Firaza and I are going wow. to get you to safety um, and just generally let them kind of rabble, rabble and talk amongst themselves before we immediately turn to Kate Micucci. I, also, we probably should see to the slaves that have been injured. And yes, yes, yes. Yes, during your speech, three more died. What <laughs> <laughs> out. out. <laughs> From hailstones. Everybody remain calm. <laughs> hey, over to the back, he's like, he's choking to death on his own blood. <laughs> hey, I like, I didn't, we're going to talk to this gnome, and then we'll get to you. Quiet down, slave. I, I didn't give you permission to die. You live, you son of a bitch, so I can kill you. Uh, You're yeah. no slave of mine. So, assuming that, yes, you uh, maybe Feyraza goes and tends to the wounded, what do the rest of you do? Uh, Lork is making a beeline. He doesn't go to any of those other slaves. He goes straight to the... Uh, uh, immediately when the combat ends, he moves to the uh, broken shackles and the people that are shackled to the, uh, to the wagon. Yeah, there's probably a dozen or so. Um, the, almost the exact amount that you lost in that hailstorm. Uh, <laughs> like nothing ever happened. So you, you broke even. <laughs> oh, my God. Slavery speaking. <laughs> so awful. Slavery is a zero-sum game? <laughs> um, it seems like the ones that are chained to this wagon, or as you're unchaining them or trying to unchain them, uh, are a little bit more able-bodied mm-hmm. than the ones that you saved. So they were being used uh, for their strength. And so they were hauling this cart? Is that, is that what's happening? No, they were, uh, they were kind of pushing it along, and the mammoths were helping as well, but they were just uh, chained to it so they wouldn't run away. So like Conan? Yeah. Like pushing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And you see like you know, behind that empty shackle is like a middle-aged uh, guy. He looks like he's in pretty good shape, but he's wearing rags. You know, he's covered in, uh, you know, furs, but there are holes, patches, and you can see, like, f- uh, frostbitten skin underneath. Oh. Uh, he's got a, a, a heavy beard, and he's just kind of uh, looking uh, looking down as you come over. 
Lork comes up kind of frantic. Uh, he tries to bend down and make eye contact with the guy. You there, the, the female half-orc that was in front of you here. Where is she? I don't, I, I don't know. She was here a, a minute ago, and then... She's right in front of you. What do you mean you don't know? She, she just she disappeared. Uh, Lork is going to look at the ground for tracks quickly. Um, 32 survival. Uh, you do see some tracks. Uh, so right where she would have been chained up, uh, you see tracks, and they go behind the wagon. And uh, how are they chained? Are they chained by their wrists? Are they chained to their, like their leg, their uh, waist? They're chained around their waist. Around their waist. Um, and hers is, just seems to be... Like it was picked open. Like it was picked open. Ah, okay, interesting. So um, she's probably not a ghost. Any of the rest of you here? <laughs> did you see the half orc break out of the out of these chains? And he's slowly making his way back toward uh, following the tracks, but asking if anybody saw anything. Um, and no, everyone just kind of shakes their head. Um, All right, he continues following the tracks. You follow the tracks around the back of the wagon, and you see they go over to the lip of the mountain, and then end. <laughs> jumped that's ridiculous uh all right he hustles over to the edge of the mountain uh what does he see when he looks over the edge uh a pretty sheer drop um not impossible to scale down but you look down there it hasn't been that long if someone was climbing down there they would have to be climbing at an incredible rate um to make it down to the next path on this winding road up the mountain roll a perception check 30 and you don't see anyone the tracks just end either someone jumped he'll snap his head back down fell he'll snap his head back around to the people Shiel was her name Shiel yes the man that was standing uh, kind of behind the other man yes I knew her and none of you saw anything it looks like she picked this lock. Do you know her to be able to do such a thing? I, 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 I've only known her a short while, um, but I figure her quite capable of doing such a thing. Why? Why do you think she's so capable? Well, Have I, you seen her do it before? No, I... To be honest, no one really knew much of her. Uh, I could say I always knew of her. I am from the town where she grew up. Uh, Skelt. Have you heard of it? Aye, we came through Skelt. That's how we heard about you. Yes, I, I, I am just a, a simple merchant from Skelt. I was part of a, a group headed to Corvosa. I was just heading there myself to trade goods and hopefully come back with exotic spices from across the inner sea. But our party was overrun by giants. And here I am. Shiel was, was one with us. We must find her, he says, and he makes his way past them back to the back to the group. Uh, briefly explains the situation, and then, Feyraza, is, is there any way you could fly over the edge of the mountain? There, can you see farther down the mountain? See if she fell or if she left on purpose. I can do this. Will you guard the slaves? I, Former slaves. I'll keep. <laughs> I'll watch your personal retinue of slaves. Um, I'm, not, I'm not helping you at all. <laughs> uh, no, he's like, keep an eye on my property. Of course, I'll watch them. And please, do your best to see what's happened. 
He's just he's frantic. I mean, he has no idea what to do. So I saw her, right? Like I, I when the in the retinue at some point before the battle. So I'm sure whether you really took her in or not, you know, I, I know, know what I'm a lot going for. on. Yeah, you're looking for a person over there. Yeah, side. and Lork yeah. points out exactly where the you know the tracks end, right, right over there, and then off the mountainside they go. Okay, so Farazza will wild shape into an eagle and uh, fly down, fly down, and start scanning where uh, she might have been. Roll a perception check. Watch out for flavor drinks. <laughs> Get you at any moment. Uh, 37. Yeah, I mean, it's night, but you have eagle eyes. You should be able to and see what the hell's going on, and you don't see any trace of anyone. Is there... Anywhere. Uh, uh, I can't detect magic, but if someone else can, maybe we can just see if there's something happened here. The other thing is I can scry... Tomorrow morning, I could try to scry her since I, if I got to look at her. Not the best chance in the world, but I can see, might be able to get a glimpse of where she is. Lork is really the only one that got a good glimpse I can still scry. I, I could give a good description. Um, yeah, and scrying works. Like, if you could draw really well what you saw, that would help. But I doubt you have profession artisan. Yeah. So that that wouldn't really... Did she leave anything behind? If we leave a garment behind, that helps. Or like, a piece of, of something... He'll go back over to the chains. Maybe, yeah. Her and shackles. rooting through the snow. <laughs> anything, anything. Any sign of any... Uh, well, if her shackles were there, I mean, wouldn't that count? I don't know. It's the shackles themselves. It's his possession or garment. That's yeah. a, that's I a think the nice accessory. The shackle. The shackles possessed her. The the guy says you do. Do you know her? I don't know her, but she may be. Well, she's very important to someone I met in Skelt, and it's her mother sent us this way. Her mother, yes. I know her mother. She's a bit reclusive and always kept the girl hidden away for most of her youth but but Shire begged her to go on this expedition and then all of a sudden this beautiful young woman emerged from her mother's house we'd only seen her in cloaks from time to time be ushered around under her mother's garments she appeared to be smart, fierce, strong, capable, but you say you don't know her? I, I've never met her myself. May I speak freely? Of course. To be completely honest, she also seemed a bit touched. I must admit I've only known her for the better part of a month, but our captivity brought all of us closer together. Facing death on a daily basis, hearing stories of people you've known your whole life being eaten, or worse, you grow close to those around you quickly, do you understand? Aye. It was clear when I met her that she was a woman on a mission. What that mission was or is, I do not know, but even when we got captured, she never, she never seemed phased by any of it. While others stayed up at night weeping and screaming at the stars, she sat there calm, almost a, a, a woman possessed. There was a bit of madness in her eyes and all she would ever say was that everything was going exactly according to plan. That the prophecy was coming to fruition right before her eyes. 
The prophecy. Did she ever speak more specifically of what this was? I do not know, no. She would often speak in riddles. It's funny now. It's all coming back to me as we came up here. She said to me that this is exactly how he said it would happen. (laughs) And she wished me good luck and disappeared into thin air. Do you know anything of her abilities? Things she's capable of, I mean. Could she magically disappear? Could she fly? I wouldn't put it past her. I never saw her use any magics. But she seemed as if she possessed great powers. Why she wouldn't have left before if she had these abilities, I do not know. But just now, now, something seemed to have struck a chord in her, whether this was just a lucky diversion for her to make her move, or it truly was exactly how she knew it was going to happen, how he said it was going to happen. I I, I do not know. I do not understand. Well, for now, let's get you all down to camp. You're beaten and tired and exhausted. We need to get you somewhere warm and get a good fire lit. All of you, we're going to take you all down the mountainside now and get you to our camp on the lower reaches of the mountain where it's cooler and we'll get you warm and hopefully get you fed. And then he goes back to this guy and he says, what's your name? My name is Fruind. Fruind? Fruind. Fruind. Fruind Fletcher. Lork will put out his hand and say, I'm Lork Iron Tusk. Shakes his hand. <laughs> he does that thing with his finger yeah. where he tickles he, he my palm. the inside of your palm. Oh. <laughs> Lork pulls away. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you had that on the ready. <laughs> um, good, good, yeah. good to meet you as well. Thank you for, He's like, for saving us. We'll have more to talk about at the lower camp, but I'd like you to get some rest first. All right, and then uh, you know, Lork. When he said that, he was just saying that to like the people right at the stagecoach there. So he's you know figuring what's going on with you guys since he w- went away trying to track her down. Faraz will land and say, "I saw no trace of anyone. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. This is deeper than I had expected. This man over there says that she's capable of some power, and that she's had some visions or something, a prophecy." I don't know, it sounds a bit uncanny to me. So it's possible she's not even... Didn't fall off the mountainside, but went on her own. She might be quite a bit more powerful than I expected. Interesting. Well, after feeling Pembroke teleport me halfway across Galarian all the way back to Minderhall's Valley and back again, I I believe in magic's power more than I ever have in my life, so I have faith in your girl. Can we do a spellcraft check, like on the on the shackles, to see if or or no? That she looks like she no. disappeared off the side of the mountain. Yeah, like if you if she had cast some some sort of spell and you saw her go through the motion, totally. But without seeing her, if this no. guy was had any casting ability, maybe he could do it. But yeah, all you have is Lork's footsteps to go after. And Baron says, but there is some good news. It's been a while since we've had good news. 
We have this new ally, or what I think may be an ally. Seemed like an enemy at first from my first glance at her. <laughs> so I think we should get to know her. Why don't we roll out the welcome carpet? And Baron opens his duster. And you see, like, the bottle of whiskey he hasn't been drinking from as much these days since he took Toreg. But let's give her a little taste. Steps over 12 dead slaves. Yep. <laughs> and says, Faraza, don't worry. This wasn't a chosen one. He's already dead. Out of the way, Grouch. You. <laughs> you fought. Get a job, Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> you. You fought well. You're properly trained, I see. So, uh, if you guys, anyone who watched her, like, when she ran into battle, like, she became this kind of elemental force. Smooth, graceful, determined. Moved like a hundred feet focused. in one round. Yeah. And then the minute the fighting was over, she seemed to, anyone who saw her, like she seemed to draw into herself. And this is to the point where she's almost like hugging herself for comfort and her eyes like cast downward. And she's just, she's just looking at her feet, just kind of standing awkwardly. And if you look closely, like, she's clearly, like, hasn't eaten in Lord knows how many days. And I actually had the, like, fatigued condition on her the whole time because she's just, she just hasn't eaten. And anyone who knows fey creatures knows that there's, there's the bleaching has, has happened as well. Um, and uh, she, when you talk to her, she just, like, you see she just... Well, why don't you explain for a second what that is? Bleaching that is know. so... Ordinarily, uh, gnomes, uh, they have to kind of always... Uh, Grant talked about this in his uh, disorganized play character, but uh, they, they have to always be uh, experiencing new things, like going on adventures um, to keep themselves kind of vibrant, connected to the world. And if they stop, then kind of their essence is kind of drained out of them. And they become, it's what they, they call it the bleaching. So there's something a little different going on with her. But that's, if anyone who knows anything about fake creatures, that's, that's also happening. What greater adventure could there be than to be trapped in a pen full of slaves up at the top of a mountain being forced into hard labor? Greatest adventure of all. Right. You know what's good for an empty stomach? Uh, dwarven whiskey. Right. <laughs> so, so you see, so she just, uh, she just, like her eye, like if, when the moment Lork talks to her, like you can see like her cheeks get flush. Like she just starts blushing and she just like looks down and that's all the response you get. Uh, Faraz, would like to go up and attempt a di- diplomacy check. Okay. Mm. My friend... Not only did you fight well, but you may well have saved the lives of your fellow freed people. (laughs) I can see Skid laughing as I stumble for that one. (laughs) You are quite powerful, and we are grateful for you. Tell us, what is your name? Uh, You want me to roll the blunt? Yeah, roll, roll, please. Eight. <laughs> She's now hostile. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, she lunges. Flurry of blows. Hey, at least we got. At least we got a reaction. Elemental so <laughs> she like she like tilts her head up ever so slightly. Um, she still w- refuses to make eye contact, and she just kind of like still swaying just out of weakness, exhaustion. And if you listen closely, she just. Did you say your name was 
Nim? And she's like, you can see, like, she's struggling just even to speak. And Faraza will pull out uh, her pack of good berries. And Faraza will eat one to show that they're they're good. And then she'll offer one. Because it will be like, you'll have like a full meal out of that. Yeah, okay. So she she she, uh, very hesitantly, like, still like holding on to like her right arm with her left hand. She just like kind of reaches out, still refusing to make eye contact. And takes one in her mouth and swallows it. My name is Nim Nim. Well, hello, Nim Nim. My name is Faraza Al Sid, and I am glad to know you. It just looks away. She's blushing like furiously. She just kind of like looks away. Are you cold? No. The, the the others are cold. I think. Well, I'm Lork Iron Tusk. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. We couldn't have done it without you. Thank you. And she just like, mm, mm, and just kind of like looks up like past all of your all of your faces like up at the sky and just looks back down you may not know it nim nim but you not only helped save all these slaves here but you might have saved a whole heaping bunch of lives all around galarian in my eyes you're a hero and i thank you for what you've done she like just kind of her toe is just kind of like twisting in the snow she's just looking just staring down at it and she just kind of like nods without looking at you do you think you can get down to base camp with all of us can you walk the rest of the way under your own power I I can walk yes alright I'm gonna go help the others then and he claps Baron on the shoulder, and he's like, gives him a nod, like, "Let's go. We have to help these." And other she's people. still she's beaten up too because she got trampled by the thing. So she's oh, like, yeah, she's yeah. got like broken ribs, and you know, yeah. But she, you uh, got one hit point back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think you're fine. Rode the Wellville. Uh, um, yeah, I feel like we, if we're reading the room, we should probably let her come to us. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's search the bodies. Classic. So, uh, I mean, Lork's intention here is to get all these people up and moving, but it's also to, if possible, to get these bodies in the wagon, the people that died, and bring them with us as well. Yeah. Is there a way to move the wagon, or is it too heavy without draft animals to to move it? My friend, or if we all work, I am all the draft animal you need. <laughs> That's actually how Matthew met his wife in a bar one night. This is pickup line. That is a great, great line. I don't know why. Like every six minutes, I forget that you're a druid. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when we're ready, I can. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I can pull it. Can uh, we play the Rolling Stones' "Beast of Burden" as soon as he starts pulling? I want to be anyway. Cut that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was serious about searching the bodies. Uh, all right, you search the bodies. Obviously, the woolly rhinoceroses did not have. Uh, 
any magical weapons Damn on them. Damn it. Any uh, cash. Any cash. Find three gold tucked in some fur near the taint. It's a massive beast. Where else would you keep them? That's where they keep them. <laughs> keep your coin purse next to your coin purse. It's the most massive taint I've ever seen. Exactly. Like that? Oh, yeah. Thank Perfect. you, Grant. Um, the Cold Riders had these beautiful uh, magical glades that melted when they melted as well. So they're left as just puddles. Now this uh, hag, Shades of Ewiga, does have some juice on her. She has a, what looks like a magical mask and a magical uh, bracelet. Hmm. Ooh. Let's Uh, do some spellcrafty on that. Yeah. Sure. Do it. You do it. I'll do it separately if you don't hit it. 24. 24? Uh, That'll do. The bracelet is known as a verdant vine, consisting of a vine with five green berries. A verdant vine is worn, tied around the wrist. Once per day on command, the wearer can pinch a berry off the vine and throw it up to 30 feet away like a splash weapon. When you do so, viciously thorny vines erupt in a 20-foot radius from the point of impact, (laughs) even if the berry misses its target. Creatures in the area must succeed at a DC-16 reflex saving throw or become entangled, as the spell entangle, as the vines coil around the creature's legs. The vines persist, but at the start of the affected creature's turn, it gains a new saving throw against the effect. If it fails the saving throw, it also takes... 1d4 points of damage. Nice. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on what you need to do to get out of it. Um, that sounds very druidy. Yeah. It does sound very druidy. Actually, I'll, I'll read this next part. It's kind of, a DC 20 strength check made as a standard action allows an affected creature to break free and end the effect. Failing that check causes the vines to constrict, dealing another 1d4 points of oh, damage. Cool. Damn, holy moly. Very wow. cool. Then you look at this mask that she had like in a little bag on her person. And something about it seems very familiar to you, Feyraza, even though you've probably never seen this specific mask, but something about it, you feel very connected to it. Uh, it is a lesser mask of giants. This wooden mask depicts a leering humanoid with an oversized nose and ears. If the wearer has, let's say, the wild shape class oh feature, my God. the mask allows her to use wild shape to take a take the form of a humanoid with the giant subtype. Whoa! Oh my God. God. The wow. forms allowed by a lesser mask of giant are ogre, troll, fire giant, frost giant, Buh? or stone giant. Buh? Wow! <laughs> if the form has any of the following abilities, the wearer gains the listed ability: dark vision, sixty feet; low light vision, scent. In giant form, the wearer gains a plus four size bonus to strength, a minus two penalty to dex, and a plus one natural armor bonus. That is a game-changing item. Don't we have another disguise? The helmet. The helmet. Fremir's beard. Yeah, yeah, so that in conjunction with the beard is pretty sweet. Yeah, and Fremir's beard just allows you to appear like a frost giant. I'm a giant! So we could have two... It also These are like two giant e creatures. Yeah, it also has a. They're re- like lovers on the way to Earth's capital. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> newlyweds, newlyweds. It has a really cool uh, ability that I forgot to use against them. Well, I don't think it could have worked. Your mammoth had reach, right? I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the 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 Thermier's beard also uh, will animate, and thin metal rods of the helm's beard reach out and grasp the weapon of someone across from you, and you can like disarm yeah. them with it. Oh, very cool! Yeah, right. it's pretty. It's a pretty badass thing to have on. Um, lesser mask of giants, though, pretty sweet business. That's but those pretty, are bo- those are both head slots. Can you not wear them at the same time? Unless you wear bracelets on your head, they are not both head slots. Correct. The mask is a bracelet. No, the bracelet. Oh, I'm bracelet. talking about. <laughs> I was talking about pairing up Thremir's beard Thremier's, with the mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, both head slots. Okay. Yeah. No, I was thinking one of us goes in, enlarged with Thremir's beard, and the other one nice, uh, and the other of us goes Beautiful. in giant. Yeah. So awesome. Cool. Oh, I was wondering cool. if you guys were hiring brewers. <laughs> <laughs> this is my assistant. <laughs> we came from a local brewery downtown. <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. We actually need a brewer. Yeah, our brewer just got brutally murdered <laughs> by four crazy killers running around this camp. <laughs> Sorry, things are a little messy right now. The silo, uh, we're rebuilding the silo. Um, don't worry about those mammoths running around. We're, we're trying to corral them as well. And his fox is fine. I just want to allay any fears that you might have had about a potential fox. Do you have the a resume? Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you did find some gear. Do you want to search the dead slaves? Yes. Don't I would, worry about it. No, I would like to search the wagon. Let's search inside, the wagon. Inside yeah. the wagon. So you look in the wagon, and it seems to have simple farming implements. Flails, sickles, scythes. Uh, and as you're looking, this, you can ask around at the slaves, and they'll tell you like they were using these in the fields at the bottom of the mountain. They were going on food-gathering expeditions. Ooh. So they would go all the way down to the bottom of the mountain, gather food, bring it all the way back up. Were they raiding? Were like the giants raiding people's farms and then having the humans carry it back? No, or? not necessarily. It's just up on top of the mountain, probably because of the weather. The fields weren't uh, as were thriving as thriving yes, hmm. as the uh, the better uh, you know land at the bottom of the mountain. I wonder if we could torch their fields on the way down. Certainly could. I mean, you've taken away now their uh, food gathering expedition, so that helps. And their backup food source in the slaves. Yeah, that's right, man. Things are not looking great. Starve them. In Skiergarden. <laughs> <laughs> Is um, there enough space on that cart to place the dead upon? I think it would. Totally. Okay. Totally. And then just push it off the side of the cliff. Yep. <laughs> Light it on fire. Set it on fire and push it over the can side we, of the cliff. Can we dress two of them like Thelma and Louise, like in the last scene? Have them holding hands. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you totally can. And then, you know, you're going down the mountain, so you could easily push the wagon down if you want to. But you also know that there are night patrols out, and you have a large, large number of people. What do you guys want to do? I'll tell you right now, you probably have anywhere from 24 to 30 uh, of these captives with you and the four of you and Kat Benatar. Well, me, Skid, I would say, uh, I don't think Nim Nim is going to volunteer any of this, but I think just load up like all the injured uh, people onto the cart as many as we can and have uh, Faraza in drafts animal form pull pull us down the mountain as fast as we can go i'm for that plan yep that's the idea um but that's still how many slaves will be walking behind because going down i'm not sure if these these patrols are going down and coming up there's one-way roads but they could be coming from either direction so i want to divide we could also ask the slaves like are there other groups like you? Are there other patrols right. that left before you? Or were there? did you leave people where you were 
when you came up were there other slaves or giants you know right yeah and they can tell you that they go every other day it's usually the same people um, if some people don't do well on the food gathering expedition like if they are weak or they're tired they're either beaten or killed or taken away as food you know that's the rumors that they hear um, so as far as they know there isn't another group of people going to gather food down the mountain but they've seen the patrols um, and it's the same patrols that you've seen um, whether or not they're going to be coming up the same path as you right now you don't know uh, it's a pretty sticky situation because your group is huge they're not going to be all be able to fit in the spike of safe passage and Pembroke won't be back till tomorrow uh, and quickly just well when people's attentions get turned away from uh, from Nim Nim she relaxes just a little bit and anyone who notices she like kind of seems to center herself like almost go into a, like a mini trance and her wounds on her body just heal up just a little bit and then she reverts back into her like shy like awkwardness <laughs> well that gives Baron another excuse to self buff so Baron Cascute no I'm just kidding um, gosh yeah I guess we can I'm going to take that mask of giants but the lesser mask of giants by the way since I can wild shape and, that... and the bracelet well I was saying I can entangle so does someone else want to take the bracelet it was interesting to me simply because it's longer than my pistol's range by 10 feet so, like, if, if within 30 feet I could throw a thing at them and then, you know, get them stuck there and then keep them out of melee. Uh, but if someone else, I don't want to hoard a bunch of stuff necessarily. Yeah, L- Lork doesn't need it, certainly. So whatever you guys decide. Roll off? We can roll. It's a roll we got to roll off. We got to roll off. Uh, add your modifiers. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. Twelve! Oh! oh you both get one. Oh, yeah. I keep yeah. it. <laughs> seven. Five. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Oh. Lucky seven. Wow. A right. seven takes. It's interesting. I'm going to have to look this up later, but I wonder. It says it comes with five green berries, and once per day you're allowed to do it. I wonder if you only do it five times, I think and then the so. item I think is used up. I think it's like a necklace of fire. Yeah. I would think so. It's only 6,000 gold, so. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. This is a pretty cool thing. Um, it's really interesting, though, because if she had tried to entangle each of the PCs, a DC-20 strength check is pretty rough for most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even On with a, a giant, it's easy. not the same. Right. Well, you know, it's still, it's not a gimme at all, right. but it's still, you know. right, right. I considered it. All right. So what do you want to do? Uh, Lork, you going to range ahead and see if there's a, a patrol or you want to yeah. range behind? I mean, pretty much you, you want to move forward. Yeah, we're confident that they're not right now at least coming from behind us. So, uh, yeah, Lork is going to range forward. I mean, we have no choice. We have all these people. We have to move. We have to get down the mountain and we have to get to base camp and spike tent or no spike tent. You know, we'll just have to defend the camp as best as possible and and do it, you know. Make do with what we got. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, in the uh, in the effort to try to keep more people alive, he's going to range even farther ahead than he had before uh, so that there's even more time to warn everybody and maybe take the fight further away from any... But don't go too far because if they come up from behind or something, yeah, we can have that same situation that we had before a long time ago. Yep. But you weren't there and we needed you, man. <laughs> Just saying. You showed up right at the end of the fight. Yep. <laughs> right outside Red Lake Fork. 
Faraz right. will become a woolly rhinoceros and start pulling, hitch the uh, hitch start the cart. Pulling. All right, so the the infirm are lying with the dead in this wagon. Um, yeah. It's kind of a grim it's like, scene. Like the grapes of wrath. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they all have dysentery, and you begin going down the mountain. Lork, you've ranged far ahead. Roll a perception check. Perception. If it is not giant-related, it's 39. If it is giant-related, it's 43. Okay, so very high perception. Very high. Um, Yeah. Natty 17. You're going ahead, and you you had traveled down the mountain pretty far. You weren't far away from your original camp. Um, I don't know how far ahead you want to go. We're talking hundreds of feet. Um, thousands of feet. No, no, no. A couple hundred. A couple hundred feet. How many leagues? How many leagues do you travel? Uh, you, you don't see anything. There are tracks going every which way. Um, <laughs> Obviously. The tracks are, are, are all muddled together. Can I do a this, survive? This expedition just came up the same path you're going Sure, down. sure. But like you, Troy, would look at it and just see a bunch of mishmash of tracks. Right. But an actual tracking professional might look at it and say... There are fresh tracks here that we're going down that haven't come back up yet. Right. Know, possibly with an extremely high survival roll. Troy, your thoughts? Uh, go ahead and roll that. Think about like roll. Aragorn when they came across like the scene where the Rohirrim right. you know, uh, uh, ambushed the orcs with the hobbits. Like he could to Gimli, it was just a mishmash of grass. Yeah. Right. A bu- it was a crazy battle here. How could you possibly tell? But a trained ranger. But a trained ranger. A skilled who rolls ranger. A natural eighteen. For a thirty-eight survival, thirty-eight survival. So you dig in there, and you you know you, you really get your hands crouch in the down, door. and you look, and you see the wheels <laughs> <Just> facing it. <laughs> really sniff it. You lick the snow. <laughs> Woolly rhinoceros poo. Definitely the rhinoceros. How warm is it? Hmm. Pee pee. Yes. <laughs> Fresh. <laughs> this woolly rhinoceros had a vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> if he hadn't tagged it with fresh, I wouldn't have slammed the table when he said fresh. No, that pee. Uh, it doesn't appear that there was any other creatures besides the ones that you guys just took out. Okay, and the you know the the wagon full of captives. Okay. Uh, then he's going to slowly keep moving uh, un- until we get to, to camp. He's not going to head back until he sees the base camp. Rolling over that perception check, you go as far as you know where your original camp was. Okay, and don't and assuming they're moving at a steady pace behind you, and you're giving them like the come on, come on, come on, yep. and you don't see anything. Now, however, your original camp was like in a little nook, like a little copse of trees. Remember that you right. spike tent yeah. and the four of you and a Kat clearing, A small yeah. clearing, yeah. And that's where Noximara found you. Right. Um, it's, it's too it's, small. It, I mean, there's just nothing you can do there. You're still, com- you'd be completely exposed uh, if the slaves were up. Plus, you've got a huge wagon. So you've got to decide, do you risk it and try and stay there? Because you could camp here. It's much warmer, and comparatively. Or... Do you push further down the mountain and, like, out of the, the area? Well, uh, can I do a survival check to determine, um, you know, how... If we're getting into, like, a really rough, like, forced march territory, like, do I think that we have a good chance of people dying if we continue? Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, 31. Yeah, I mean, you remember having to climb up that mountain and fighting those frost-trode... Toads. Frost toads, and like there's going to be 
some circuitous routes you're going to have to take to get them out of there. You look ahead and you see now the paths are starting to go all over the place. So you could continue pushing forward, but at a certain point these people are going to have to rest and eat and be healed. You, you don't feel confident that everyone is going to survive the night, regardless of what you choose, unless there's some amazing magical healing available. Mm-hmm. Do we get a sense... So Lork is going to wait at the lower camp until Baron and the wagon get down there to okay. decide what to do next. Wagon, wagon, wagon comes. And Baron says, Lork, what do you think? What should we do? Should we rest here for the night or go ahead? I think we should rest here. It's a small, exposed position, but you and I can just... We'll just stay awake all night. We'll keep an eye out for any danger. I mean, pushing forward, I think we're going to kill these people just from the stress of the journey. Well, I think it should be up to um, Faraz and I to maybe split it with our dark vision. We're able to see in the dark a little bit better than you, my friend. So if you need rest, I, I, I'd i love you to have it. I'm a bit tired myself, <laughs> says the draft rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, oh seriously, God, you rhino just talk? <laughs> he just pulled all that weight down the, down the hill. Um also, I need the eight hours to get my spells back. Ah. Yeah. Yes, I need eight hours, too, for Yeah, and, and also, you know, I don't want to overthink it, but I believe that that journey up, there was a lot of, like, kind of steep paths, and there was some icy, ice-flowy kind of stuff where we fought those toads, and there was mm. an avalanche, and, like, you know, it's, it's dangerous territory. Right now, we know we have a place that, at least geologically speaking, seems to be stable enough. The weather seems to be stable enough. The only thing we can't control is enemies coming out of nowhere. Also, Pembroke is going to meet us here. So if we were to push right, on, we'd right. have to go oh, yeah. figure right, out a way right. to send him forward. So, well, the, right. the die has been cast in that uh, scenario. Can I do a quick... Well, you could leave a note or something. <laughs> <laughs> always leave a note. That's why you That's always, why you always leave, leave a note. <laughs> um, is there uh, oh, like a wisdom or a memory check based on us uh, coming... Um, Tell me wh- about this memory check. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from Ultimate Campaign? That was my first thought. I was like, Grant is going to get savage for that one. This is a, uh, Matthew knows all about yeah. that shit. This is a secret new Pathfinder, <laughs> Pathfinder 2.0 thing. I found Memory Lapse, a first level bard spell. Oh. Yeah, Matthew no. actually cast that on me before I came in here. No, um, no I, I'm just trying to personally remember, and I don't, uh, but we weren't trying to gauge them in this way. Are the rest of the roads the way down that we came up uh, wide enough to accommodate this carriage? This, this cart. The roads you came up to get to this camp, no. You're going to have to go down another path to take the, the wagon Ooh. down. Um, hmm. It basically comes down to, like, you're going to camp now or continue looking in the night for a fresh path. You're going to be exposed either way. You just got to hope that a, a patrol doesn't find you. Well, we do up. have the spike tent, so that'll help a little. That'll, that, you can probably... We could, hide, we, could hide the, we could probably hide, hide the wagon in the spike. That's a good point. Yeah. You could hide the wagon and true. just have the people huddle. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. What, uh, yeah, so look, just decide right now. Do you want to stay here in camp and, and just keep a, a watchful eye out for a night patrol? Or do you want to try and push on to find uh, an area that is less likely to be hit by a night patrol, knowing that you're going to have to find a path for the wagon? I kind of want to push on until someone... Some of the somebody the, dies. Some of the freemen say <laughs> that they absolutely can't go any further. But again, we have Pembroke. We're gonna have to leave it for Pembroke. Yeah, Pembroke. But then he's gonna have to find us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and if 
we don't know where we're going, then that's kind of hard to leave instructions. I say we, I vote we stay, we camp, let them rest. I try to do as much healing as possible, set up a perimeter. I can, I can do, do, give us a little bit of protection from the, from the natural world. I vote with Feyraza. Sorry, Baron. Let's, no, 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 that's, that makes total sense, because since he's not going to be able to find us, so I'm, I'm on board. All right. We'll be comping here for the night. Set yourselves up as warmly as you can. Uh, are we... We're not going to build a fire, Feyraza. You think it's too dangerous? I think the die is cast. We are in danger either way, and we must warm these people. Yes, I agree. Let's light a fire and, uh, keep a, our eyes peeled for danger. Um... Who's super damaged? I'm pretty far down. Okay. Um, I'm actually okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that you would ever tell us. <laughs> not that. Not that she'd say anything. <laughs> um, I have. I mean, I have. I have a cure light wounds left of my own, and I have. A, I could use up the wand. I mean, we could dole, dole out the charges on the wand, but we're going to be. Maybe if we could get a, a shopping list to uh, Pembroke and Skelt to pick up a on the Cure Light. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's as intelligent text him, text as he text seems, him. he'll yeah. probably pick one up regardless. Yeah. Five points of healing to you. Thank you. And six points of healing to myself. Terrible rules. So let me get myself to okay, eight points for me. All right. Um, is, so are there people... Do we have any more healing? Who are the people who look like they can't get through the night? Are there people like I, that's who I'm going to hit with the magical healing? Uh, it looks like there is just one person that is knocking on death's door. Not like the other ones are in great shape, but there's one that you think, oh boy, that one. You might have to make a call here. I'm, can I give them a couple of hits on the cure light wounds one? Sure. I will do that. All right, go ahead and uh, hit them with that wand. I mean, they look to have like afflictions as well, so. Can uh, I do a heal check to determine what that's for? Hey, oh yeah. I'll well, now wait, switch. wait. Yeah, let's make. Yeah. let's make a call here. Fourteen natural twenty. Got to be twenty nine oh, on that there heal we go. check. Nice job. Um, damn it, Baron's always right. I spent a lot of time in whorehouses growing up. I know all the afflictions. <laughs> I, I was just the, that got real. I was the janitor. <laughs> I wasn't a proprietor. I just I observe and report. Is this canon? No, okay. not at all. Uh, it appears as if they've contracted filth fever. Yep, oh. exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> We've had filth fever before, right? We have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what oh, was the? Thing. What, what do you need to heal that? Is it just remove constitution disease. check or remove disease? Yeah, got it. I do not they're, have that. They're slowly dying from it. There's probably like rats running around the slave pens and biting the legs of these poor, barely clothed Well, they people. should get saving throws once a day. And a s- does a successful heal check give you a plus four to that, or does it have to be like a spell? Well, uh, imagine they already rolled their check for the day and failed it again. Yeah. They're probably down to and like maybe one die con. Yeah. Do we need, based on that heal check, to worry about quarantining them from the rest of the weakened slaves? No. Okay, good. Get it's out. not a communicable fever. You lay with the dead tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, they're already traveling with a, a wagon load full of corpses. All right, well, Faraza will go around the slaves just making sure that everyone is, you know, obviously not in tip-top condition, but enough sure. that they could... Survive the night. Survive yeah. the night. They're used to these conditions. Obviously, trekking down the mountain, they're not used to, but 
you've, you've done your due diligence. There's just one person you're worried about, uh, and it'll be a percentile roll to see if they survive. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have uh, percentile bears, bears endurance prepared. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so you guys wait and wait. This is we're in the night now. And wait, you've been oh, in the night. Oh, we're in the middle. Now of it's the, going. Yeah. I I was going to say for us, I was going to use plant growth to kind of make the area around the camp difficult terrain. Ah, okay. Just in case someone was to come running up. Yeah. And then she's going to go to sleep. And as you wait, no one comes and finds you Hmm. as the sun rises. Or at least has not yet. All right. You take your shifts to make sure you all get your eight hours. And again, now it's getting into the later morning. And still no one has come. But Lork, you've been on these raids before. You know how these work. There's no reason to think they're not going to be here. Yeah. Any minute. All right. Pack up. We're leaving. (laughs) And eventually, Pembroke appears. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. He's wearing a new suit. Yeah. <laughs> wearing like a three-piece suit with like a watch chain. and <laughs> Sunglasses with dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, what's up, my homies? <laughs> uh, um, uh, hello. Uh, it's good to see you. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. These look to be... Oh, my. You've had... Uh, you've seemed a bit worse for wear, I hate to say it. Well, this might help. And he did buy... A one of Cure Light Wounds. Boom. Nice. nice. And while he was at the thing. Um, and he says, and I was able to inform the authorities of uh, everything that's happening here and alert them to the fact that uh, we uh, they might have uh, some some refugees on the way. And what was the authorities' response, Troy, the GM? You asked them what? So I told <laughs> I told the authorities of like of what's happening like at the camp that we're freeing these slaves and right. we're going to try to bring them to them. So and they said basically like if you can get out of my office, if, get out of my office. <laughs> Do you have an appointment? Yo, crankpot, take those sunglasses off right now, old man. Um, take off that eight ball jacket. <laughs> he basically said like, okay, if you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the eight ball. <laughs> if you can, if you can start bringing them back, they'll send out a party to meet you. Halfway meet us halfway okay. and, and help. Um, okay. So then, that's up to you guys and what you want to do. There are some able-bodied people among them, but like they need, they need guidance. Yeah, yeah, guidance that you can't provide right now. Right. Can't provide? Ticking clock is Skierguard. Well, I mean... Oh, so we're we, not just we can't s- accompany them. Um, but right. we can't just send these people unarmed, uh, unprotected, across this wilderness to, like, randomly meet their people. I mean, we can say, you know, stay put until the people from Skierguard or from Skelt arrive. Yeah, I but believe. Pembroke is saying they're going to they're gonna meet them halfway or something like that. They're not going to yeah. be able to come all the way to here. I believe right. And the giant a- patrol is going to come here eventually. They're going to follow the tracks of their missing wagon. Well, we could also see if one Nim-Nim might be willing to mm. take command. Right. 
Pembroke, you've often had a way with words when our own words of the group have failed us. So I'd like to introduce you to a friend of ours. Uh, she doesn't talk much. Her name's Nim Nim. Pembroke, meet Nim Nim. All right. So as you say that, you see that Nim Nim has been just kind of wandering around the perimeter of the camp. And you see, like, a couple of times, like, she'll, like, lean down and she'll pick something small, like, up off the ground and, like, examine it and look at it very closely and kind of slip it into a little belt pouch that she has. And she starts, like, she's just humming, like, kind of discordantly to herself. And she's just doing that. (laughs) So Pembroke says, like, ah, I see. Um... One moment. And he, he walks over to her. Pardon me. Uh, Nim Nim, was it? And she doesn't look at him. Just kind of like keeps her eyes looking down. And he kind of, he pops open his cane so he can sit, sit on it. Like opens it the like stool and like, <laughs> plants it down. He says, I, I hate to interrupt you. Um, but uh, I was told that you uh, handled yourself quite proficiently in the battle against the giants. Is, is that true? And she's blushing. She just kind of like looks away and says, mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 uh, I, I don't want to place any more of a burden on you. I know that you've suffered greatly along with the rest of these people, but my companions and I are, we are in a position where we have to return to the giant's camp to finish them off. And these people, there are there are forces from Skiergard that are on their way now, and they will meet uh, your companions and take them to safety. But they they will need an escort, someone to protect them as best they can along the way. And well, not to put too fine a point on it, we were sort of hoping that would might be you. And the minute he suggests that she just like looks terrified like way more terrified than if she was than she was to fight the giants and it's the thought of having to interact with that many people is paralyzing her and she just like kind of like looks down and she's like shaking she said no 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 it's all right my dear i can see you uh Perhaps it's been a while since you've um, had a friend. Hmm? And she sort of like nods. Sifu. Gone. (laughs) Yes, it's all right. It's all right, my dear. It's all right. But this is very important. You can save them. You can help to save them. I believe you can do it. Do you believe you can do it? And she's blushing, like, furiously. And she just, she kind of, like, looks, glances over, like, darting her eyes in the direction of the, of the slaves. And she looks back down at her feet, and she just, like, sort of nods. She's like, I... We'll try. Good. Good. Good girl. Right. And they like 
gets back up, pops his cane closed, and walks over and says, She'll do it! Walks back over to her. <laughs> Bottle cap! Yeah! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. So you have someone who you've seen is quite capable. Is she capable of fending off an army? No. But you look amongst the group and you see if they had a scythe in their hand, if they had a flail and a sickle, they have a fighting chance. Is it worth sending you guys along? You know, three days there, four days back, whatever it ends up being, and losing out on the progress that you're making in the village. Right now, the village is on tilt. It's a tough call. Can you put your trust in Nim Nim? Pembroke wants Pembroke. Pembroke trusts her. Like from what you guys described, he has he kind of has an idea of what's happening, and he feels the need. He's like, "This this is dangerous." Like she's one person, but he thinks they really have to strike now, not give them a chance. Like while they're off balance, go back now, take our chances. And Baron has faith, um, especially seeing her leap into battle at a moment's notice when danger is actually there, um, believing in her prowess to defend these people. And, of course, if Baron's not going to uh, pursue Nestor, the murderer of Umlo at this point, (laughs) to pursue the greater good, he's going to let these people kind of go on their own because he believes that uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of what are you know, relatively a lot compared to us, but with the whole world, or at least all of um, Trunau's fate in the balance and Skelts, we got to do something. You're Vulcan, right? <laughs> um, I, Raza would like to try to scry for on Shiel. Oh man! Okay, it's your party. So I'll scry. Yeah, if I was going to say uh, before we get into that, I was going to say that Lork wanted to uh, talk to this guy in the morning like once he was more well rested and just uh a find out if there was any more information b find out if anybody else you know there if he if this guy what's his name um fruand fruand if he knew of anybody there that knew her well that she talked to more than him uh or anyone that might be able to draw a picture yeah, is that the case? Anybody who, like, kept garments of hers, pieces of garments? <laughs> I has a purse. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but seriously, anybody who yeah, it, seemed to be closer to her or and, is... And he says... Uh, she was I, a bit I, of a loner, was she? I probably knew her as well as anyone, and I barely knew her. She was... And I don't mean to be rude. She just was... She was in her own world. I don't know if she was always like this because no one really knew her at Skelt. She seemed excited when the expedition to Corvosis began. But then everything changed when we were captured. Obviously, it changed for all of us, but for her, it seemed to invigorate her in an odd way, as if she was destined to be a part of something greater. I don't know. Lork's just kind of, as he's listening, he's just kind of like looking out and up the sides of the mountain, like looking for trouble and keeping his eyes peeled and mm. kind of squinting against the mountain wind. He's just like, she's my daughter. I said I never met her and that was true. I knew her mother years ago and when I 
first saw her in Skelt just a week or two ago now. I hadn't seen her in all those years and I never knew. I never knew that she had a child. And she sent me to find her and... Assuming you get back to Skelt safe, I want you to tell her that her daughter still lives and that we're trying to find her. But will you know that only a few days ago she was still alive? Give her mother heart. Please, would you do that for me? I will. Did she have any idea you were her father? That she even had a father still alive? I don't know what her mother told her. I think she knows about me. But I... I don't know if she'll be happy to find out that it's me here, especially considering what you've been saying lately about her wanting to be here. It's strange to hear and has thrown me a bit off guard, if I'm honest. Strange. Well, I will relay the message to her mother. Good luck. I hope she finds her way home, wherever that may be. Thank you. Do your best to protect these people. It's a dangerous road ahead, but I feel like it'll be a lot safer than where you are now. So keep on pushing forward and get yourself to Skelt, all right? You got it. High five. You got it, dude. (laughs) So you want to try and scry on her. Yes. Do you have a silver mirror worth 1,000 gold pieces? Yeah. Do you have a pool of water? You tell me. We can create water. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in this case, you can observe a creature at any distance. We rub snow furiously between our hands. Yeah, I'm no scientist, but I believe... Once snow is heated up to a certain temperature, it becomes water. You truly are a wizard. (laughs) If the subject succeeds on a will save, the spell fails. The difficulty of the save depends on how well your knowledge of the subject and what sort of physical connection, if any, you have to that creature. Furthermore, if the subject is on another plane, it gets another plus five bonus on its will save. In this case, you have secondhand knowledge. You've heard of the subject. I'd like to make a case that we are somewhere between secondhand and firsthand. I have laid eyes on her. Barely laid eyes on her. I know what she looks like. How do you know what she looks like? Lorke ranged up ahead, saw her, and then came back, and then the battle started. There's really no reason to think you would have ever actually looked at her and took her (laughs) in. I wasn't asking for the the plus zero. I was asking for like a plus two and a half. So instead of plus five, I'll give her a plus six. (laughs) I got confused, a lot of math Now if she's on another plane, it's plus 10 What is the DC? Hurry, get her before she gets on a plane <laughs> It is a DC 18 We'll save What I rolled there, Joey Did, I didn't see you roll that <laughs> I saw you set a die in the car and pass it over. Well, I rolled a natty 19. It's a natty 19. <laughs> um, so at least for the moment, you can't quite penetrate her. But as you're trying to penetrate her and you're staring into this mirror using I'm it, not trying to penetrate anybody. As you're trying to penetrate <laughs> <laughs> With a mirror. 
<laughs> in a pool of water. Matthew, you are disgusting. It's a family show. You see a flash of something in the mirror that looks way too familiar. Well, it's a face that you haven't seen since, oh. like, Minderhall's Cathedral. And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh come on! Get the fuck out of here! You know what they say, Matthew? You can't hide your scrimes <laughs> in your No! The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.